and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about the club uh, episode six, which is the final episode of part one. Um, so we kind of have like a kind of nice tight ending-ish uh, for some of the characters, um, but a lot of stuff happened, a lot of jumping around. So I'm very curious to see what we all think is going to happen in the next four episodes, especially Sophia. Um, I am not drinking any tea, sadly. I have like two drops of water in this glass, but I'm nursing, right? Oh, it's a that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> Beverage. <laughs> but I did get my Earl Grey today. Oh, thank God. <laughs> After so many weeks of having the, <laughs> the detested green tea. Detested green tea, indeed. So are you drinking a cup of Earl Grey? No, not now. Don't, don't be ridiculous. Sammy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But next time, next time. <laughs> okay, next time. We'll hold you to that. All right, so now Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode, which was a lot of things. We start off with they're they're like they're doing the radio broadcast or they're setting everything up and like Salim is being a diva and being like I need to dance because if I don't dance like I'm gonna lose the spirit of myself as a performer or whatever so he's just being himself being Salim and kind of obnoxious because they're practicing everything for the radio and this is like a very big deal and they have a choreography as well but I guess that's only for the live audience um but Chelevi's like keeping watch I guess and so then he goes and tells the guy who's the one who takes the flowers out like you follow my instructions you don't follow Matilda's instructions and basically we're going back to this dumb fight where he tells this to the flower guy then Matilda gets angry and they, they have a discussion amongst themselves and so Chelebi tells her like everything's going well so you don't want this to go badly so just let things flow and stay away from her her daughter like she's asking him to do that and she, and he warns her not to like plot against him because they're on the same page he goes into his office and the, the phone rings um, and it turns out that something bad happened we don't know quite yet what happened So Chelebi's like, close everything down. Like we need to like tamper down the news, keep this news under wraps. We don't know what it is yet. And so he goes and meets with, well, he tells everyone like no journalists, no phones, close all the doors, whatever. Um, and everyone's like quite confused as to why they're having to take these measures. He has to tell obviously Orhan and Matilda, um, except Well, at the start of the episode, Orhan is at his mother's house and he basically has decided to lock her away from the world and sedate her. And this doctor comes to see her and says like, you know, this is probably not the best line of treatment. Um, you can take her to a hospital and they'll do like electroshock therapy, but she could die. <laughs> and there's no proven improvement for this. So he's like, unsure of what to do um, and he gets the phone and that's when he hears also the news so he has to rush over to the club 
so he gets Chelebi and Matilda in the office and they like tell him what they're doing to keep the information out of his out of Salim's grasp and um I already mentioned that his father died right Salim's father died or I did I don't know well, if you did I think you said that they, they they got news that we don't know what it is yeah but now we now we do now we know what it is now we know <laughs> so basically uh, Matilda's in charge of the uh, backstage and Chelebi's in charge of the rest basically so that he doesn't get the news so they're to be with him all the time and like not share the news with him so she goes to his dressing room where Salim complains about not being able to move without the microphone and whatever he's just being Salim and then our friend Rachel and Ismet are lying in her bed and he's smoking a cigarette I guess they're like having sex again I I guess they're together again in a way um, and she's like asking him not to smoke because then her mother will find out that he was there and she's like pretty you know preoccupied it seems she I guess she has her engagement ring in her finger is that an engagement ring? I don't even know what it yeah is. Um, yeah with more though yeah yeah and they have like a conversation about like how it's easier for him and she's like pretty upset I don't know if it's because she's pregnant or because he's like because I don't know she doesn't know what to do but they have like a lovey-dovey moment of loving each other and then he gets stressed and she's just like left staring and then we go back to Chelebi and he's like there's a journalist that breaks into the club so they have to kick him out because they want to ask about literally kick yes a lot of there's some yeah literally kick um and then but Selim witnesses everything and he gets really upset and is like like you doing this represents me so if you kick someone out literally then they're gonna say that I beat him up in the paper um and so he threatens um our friend Chelebi and like basically threatens to fire him and so everyone's watching and they're like what are you watching whatever the dancers are like staring at him and basically then we have Rachel in the in the house and she invited Mordo over who brought some chestnuts and they like sit down to have a conversation and he's like talking normally and like lovingly about this wedding that there is and like all these things that are happening and like about them as a couple and how he understands his family is kind of annoying well like overwhelming so he understands why she got upset the other day and that's fine basically and like he's very understanding and very loving and she like kind of tries to like sexually insinuate herself on him is kind of the impression I get because she's like showing him this mole on her chest it's because um it's because Ismet said that that was his favorite thing yeah on her body and so I think it was kind of a test like does Mordo notice this to like are we at that level of intimacy let's say and the answer is no they are not (laughs) okay makes sense um so then the club is full everything's ready for Salim to perform he's like doing his makeup and stuff Uh, 
and he has a conversation with Matilda and says, um, you know, I said that I, I imagine my father listening to me on the radio. Um, and that's why I really wanted to be on the radio. And he, I mean, of course, I think she's feeling really guilty. And he says he wants to be in his father's house. So he wants to basically see his father's reaction when he's on the radio. And like, basically in the moment that he hears that he's finally gonna like know like his father's finally gonna be proud of him or whatever so then Chelebi comes to say like you have 20 minutes and and Selim's like relax I'm fine but they have a whole fight because Selim like says you know you're not gonna lose your job over this and he's like well I could find another job in a second and I mean, I think it's too much to go into the detail of the conversation, but basically they just have a fight where they're like kind of one-upping each other of who has more authority and like who's better and whatever. And he says like, I mean, Matilda has to separate the two of them because they're having this fight. And Selim like kicks Chalabi out and he threads him. Like he says like he disrespected him and like all these things. And of course, Chalibi is probably not going to sit down and like cross his arms. He's probably going to want to react in some way. So he um, leaves the room and this, the thin mustache dude says that there's a telegram and what should they do with it? Because the telegram basically, we don't, well, we don't know what it says. I just spoiled saying it's a telegram. And Selim and Matilda leave the room, like to, I guess, to chat with the musicians and the dancers. And in the meantime, Chelebi tasks the thin mustache guy with putting the paper, like the paper that they have in the dressing room. Um, so Orhan is just like talking to the guests and doing small talk. And this man um, mentions that they need to donate to the Turks in Cyprus. But basically, Selim gets to his dressing room and he finds a telegram that tells him that his father died, which was what everyone was trying that to, like, to have him not find out. So he's extremely upset. And Orhan is really upset. And now he's like angry at Matilda, angry at um, this dude, Chelebi. Um, And I don't know how quickly he realizes that like why how does he realize so quickly that Chelebi did this on purpose and had the telegram planted in his um in Selim's dressing room because it it seemed to me at least that he that Orhan knew and like blamed him so then Matilda has to go in I think he just like knew that Matilda didn't do it so like that only really left him but like even then he was like I have no reason to not trust you but something tells me I shouldn't trust you (laughs) I mean, it seems very um, plot reason-y, but mm. um, in any case, so Matilda has to convince him to go out and perform. And he says, like, if you just sit in your chair, you'll never get up. So everyone's like speculating that Selim's not going to perform. So they're just chilling. The dancers are gossiping and everyone's like not giving a crap. And so they all go and um, like they... It, Basically, Chelebi is like really nervous and he like is crossing his fingers that they're going to make it. 
So the, the announcer announces the, the group and Orhan seemingly can't even look. He's like looking away, but then everyone starts clapping really loudly. And we know that Sidim came out and did his piece. But of course he's like crying because he's pretty upset about everything, which makes a lot of sense. Um, and he sings his song and then he's back in the dressing room and he says to Matilda, like, you need to stay with me. I can't bear with this alone. And then Chalabi and Orhan have a whole conversation where like he tells Chalabi, like, I know this is your fault. I don't even know what the hell is going on with it between you and Matilda. It seems like you're in love with her. I don't even know what's going on. Um, and you're coming against me just because this woman is like getting in your head. And Chalabi seems really annoyed that somebody's insinuating that he's in love with Matilda. And he orders Chalabi not to go backstage ever again, which obviously like is really upsetting to Chalabi. And he's like wandering very angrily and he's replaying Matilda's words um, in his head about like how, because she thinks that Chalabi hates her because of Momtas, but we don't actually know why she why he hates her and so he goes to her apartment and he tells he well he basically is going to tell Rachel something and we don't know what he's going to tell her but he ends up telling her oh and she's doing Shabbat alone I think right because she's drinking the wine and like praying mm. yeah. um, and so he arrives and we don't know what he's going to say but then he says like your mother had, had to stay with Sinan because he's going through like a rough time his father died, so don't worry. Okay, this part I didn't understand. Does she go with Tasula to get an abortion or what's... Yeah, yes. Oh. Yes, 100%. Yes. <laughs> it's like a back alley thing, obviously. Scary, scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, very timely too. Yes. Very yes. timely. Um, We're in yes. dark times, people. <laughs> Horrible. Um. So she calls Tasula and Tasula takes her to get an abortion and tells her that she made the right choice and this other girl is there and she seems relatively chill i guess well, one um, girl yeah one girl's about to go in and one is coming out and she is yeah. like hobbling she does not look good no but of course rachel freaks out and leaves which makes sense honestly that must be very yeah that was horrifying again. and i think like she's not i don't think she was opposed to the idea of having the child ever i think like it was more like oh e. smith's like the father I'm about to marry another man like is this gonna even like work kind of thing but yeah on top of seeing the quote-unquote clinic <laughs> oh god yeah she's probably like nope <laughs> yeah and so then because this episode is very much about cutting back and forth from different very different things yeah. um Orhan's in the house and hears like a loud bang turns out his mother broke the mirror because I guess she realized that she was old and like in her head, she's young. Mm. I don't be. think they actually show it, do they? I, I think I think she's just like being locked in a room and confused. So like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's just lashing out at various things. Hence so the he, sedatives. <laughs> yeah, he decides to take her to electroshock therapy. But he's clearly pretty upset about it. Um, so it's then pretty than, upsetting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, so then Mordo comes to the apartment and he's like going through all the movies that they can watch, including the Barefoot Contessa. <laughs> then Rachel, like she, she can't, 
Okay, I have a question. Is this the same? Is like, because she's wearing the same thing. Is this just a continuation from the scene that they showed previously? Or is this a different day? I think she does not have that many clothes. Okay. That's why. I, I think, I'm guess, I mean, it could be the same day, but I'm, yeah, it does, I guess it doesn't really matter. And that, so then she tells more though, like, I'm pregnant and I, I'm going to tell the guy that I'm pregnant by that he's the father, but I don't want to be with him. And he's like, well, I really am committed to loving a woman and giving her everything. So um, I'm willing to, you know, take charge of the child. Like, let's go to Israel together. And then Matilda arrives home. Rashid is really upset that she wasn't there for her that day because she had a very upsetting day and she tells her that she's pregnant. So she, she, I mean, honestly, I feel like this is a very valid, um, you know, comment. Like you call, like she feels that her mother feels like her existence is a mistake. So she definitely doesn't want to do that to another child. So she wants, that's why she wants to go to Israel because she wants the child to have a different life from what she had growing up. And her mother is like pretty devastated, I think. So then Matilda goes back to the club and she walks by Chelebi's office and it seems like he's packing up his stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so he like walks up to her. Also, I don't know if he's lost weight, but he looks like more skinny. And I think he's just like depressed or something. Like everyone looks like pretty hollow, like Rachel, he does. And he says like, you know what? You won. And he's like, I didn't win. You lost. Like, is that what he? And then she fires. Yeah. Thin mustache, dude. Good riddance. But he's Haji's brother, isn't he? Yes. And Haji's just watching from the door. Yeah. He knows his brother's a piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So then we have Ismet and Rochelle. And he's like talking about how his dream is to be on a cruise and to like get kicked off the cruise when he dies. And Rochelle just like seemingly falls asleep next to him and she like goes in to kiss him or just looks him deeply in the eyes i think she's not she she wanted to tell him that she's pregnant but she she can't right is that it that's the impression that i got yeah i think she just like decides she's decided what she's doing and that doesn't involve ismet Mm -hmm. and so there's like a replay of this conversation that they have where she tell like he tells her to like marry the nice man um like the good man but mm-hmm. he still calls her Isel, which is uh, yeah problematic to me yeah agreed um so she grabs her stuff and she's on the boat headed off to israel with our dear friend mordo and she's they're like in the cabin and that's the end of the episode yep so uh good riddance <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the tea bags that are in Sophia's cupboards but haven't actually been dropped. <laughs> Let's see. So the episode starts out, I'm not 100% sure 
if this is right, but I think it's the Moonlight Sonata playing, which oh, is yeah. like one You're of my right. favorite pieces of music ever. Yeah. So I want to shout that out. It's so it's so many things, like so many uh, movies and TV shows, probably because mm -hmm. it's um, uh, what is it? What is the word for when you uh, when you're no longer copyright protected because you're so old? Oh yeah. Public domain. Public, public domain. domain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Although whoever is playing it. Right. That the 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 recording of the person playing is copyrighted, but yeah, the actual piece of music is not. So. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha tricky stuff that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> all right what character arc would you like to start with as oh me okay um maybe like chidebi how he was like being a consummate professional for all of 10 seconds and then <laughs> became reverted to being a spiteful bastard <laughs> yes i <laughs> <That's> mean all. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 someone was talking to me like that, I would do the same thing. Like yeah. I would yeah. try Sadim, to fuck him over. Sadim was definitely, I mean, Sadim's a, a huge brat. Like he's yeah. not a, like, he, I, he, he's like fine in the first couple episodes when you don't really know that he's such a brat, but yeah, then it becomes <laughs> clear. Like, yes, you've had, you definitely have family issues. You're definitely closeted. And that's like a whole struggle in 1950s Turkey. I understand, but you're also like very self-centered and rude. <laughs> Yes. And Chidibi is not someone that I feel bad for by no. any means, but like he he he's gonna he's gonna do the same to everyone around him. So because he's a brat. So anyway. Yeah, like we know that Chidibi is a bad person, but the Selim doesn't know that, and the way he's treating him is like right. He does like he he Sadim totally provoked uh, Chidibi like with the like when Chidibi mm -hmm. was like twenty minutes till showtime. That was like a pretty innocuous, normal thing to say to a, a star in his dressing room before <laughs> you he go. You would think, but then yeah, Sadib just like goes off on him, and then Chidibi exacts his revenge in a horrible way. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I I don't really like that whole plot line because I it's feel very, like it's just it... toxic. It's just like men being. Brats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and also it makes you it's like not Chelevi's fault that he's getting reamed by this guy. Yeah. Which I don't I want Chelevi to be the evil doer in every situation. Yeah. Yeah. I do like how Orhan like picked up on he, like that Chidibi is fixating on Matilda and he's like this is are you in love with her like what's going on here like this is weird now I was shocked um, that he was, was very that, uh, yeah very perceptive yeah someone who for all we know has never had a relationship with anyone because of his like deep dark secret <laughs> <laughs> he he picked up on those vibes uh pretty well um, yeah that was surprising yeah um, yeah but I love that Matilda got promoted that's great. Yes, yes. Although it really co contradicts with his whole fire everybody who's not Muslim <laughs> idea, so. Yeah, I mean, I I wonder if, like, he feels like he's done enough right now to, like, appease. Mm, maybe. Because, like, he'll truly lose all of his employees or, like, anyone halfway decent if he actually does, like, 100% enforcement of that. Plus, like, he doesn't want to at the end of the day. Like, he... Right like he feels bad about it so since he's like got his deep dark secret <laughs> yeah the whole like mom situation continues to spiral and be horrible oh my god <laughs> uh yeah 
I don't know if you know this about me, but like Sophia's fear of corpses, one of my largest fears is like old timey medical procedures. It just oh, scares the oh. shit out of me. Lobotomies and such. I hate it. All that like, stuff. Uh, Everything leeches. that's like archaic medicine is so scary. Um, Sammy, thank I God you were born in this century. I know. That's all I could say. Never watch Nurse Ratchet, honestly. I don't watch, no. Any like old, like period medical is really not my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to catch Sammy on our spinoff podcast entirely about period medical <laughs> dramas. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> um, I did want to like say that this is another portrayal of uh, electric shock therapy, which apparently is now called electroconvulsive therapy um, as a horrible, bad thing, which I think it kind of was in the ye olden days because they put they like, just use it for anything <laughs> way too much current through the body and yeah. people would like and then yeah bad yeah. but now it's like a very safe and super beneficial procedure that actually someone in my high school had and it like changed their life so it's very good very good for severe depression mm-hmm. um I don't know what this means Wikipedia or not Wikipedia the Mayo Clinic's website about it because because Sammy was posting that in our group chat about how it's stigmatized. And I was like, I've never thought about that um, or have any opinions on it really. So I was reading about it. And but like, like Sammy was saying, currently it's very safe and effective um, for, to quote the Mayo Clinic's website, extremely severe non-complex depressions I don't know what a complex depression is it seems like it's all complex because <laughs> you know we don't really know what the hell is causing like all of it but other you know the chemical imbalance of course but that's you know we don't know everything about the brain by any means however um whatever non-complex depression is <laughs> in its most severe form it can be treated with electroconvulsive therapy very effectively and some bipolar um as well as catatonia which being catatonic means you're not moving or eating or drinking so you can just die simply by (laughs) not moving um and that has worked to uh quite literally jolt people back into um having that kind of brain activity so (laughs) that's wild yeah yeah i think the the movie that made it famous was clockwork orange which i've never seen but it's a very bad depiction of it i don't like that movie it's like I mean, I don't like the book that much either, but I like the movie much less than I like the book. It's very unnecessarily like just bad vibes. You don't need that. No one needs to watch that. <laughs> okay, great. I won't. Because <laughs> again, old medical stuff. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Sophia, let me know when you're back because we need to rag on Rochelle a little bit. I'm, I'm back. Well, okay. I, I can talk. Okay. Okay. I honestly, Commence, this is like the episode ragging. that I become Team Rachel like ninety nine percent. Cause like, I I get where she comes from, thinking that her mom sees her as a mistake, and she doesn't even know that like her mom killed her dad yet. So like, when she finds that out, she's gonna be like, I was nine hundred percent a mistake. <laughs> I think that's so tough. I think it's so tough to. Like, I think they're, they're both, they both have valid feelings. I think Matilda can view all of her decisions that ultimately led to Rochelle's birth as mistakes and she can regret them. I think she's allowed to feel that way. 
but and Rochelle's allowed to be like oh you think I'm a mistake then because that's also like a logical conclusion to draw cause and effect like Mm -hmm. it's the simplest kind of connection our brain can make um so I don't know Rochelle certainly does not have the emotional maturity to be like my mother doesn't view me personally as a mistake but she regrets the choices made (laughs) early in her life yeah that that is like way too nuanced it's too nuanced yeah we're never gonna get that get that from her at least like within the probably the age range that she's in during the show maybe eventually hopefully (laughs) but I thought it was kind of mature to finally confess the truth to Mordo and like yeah that's true at least it's a viable alternative for her and if we look at history it's probably a better alternative for her to go to Israel now than stay in Turkey Mm mm-hmm um oh. yeah I mean she at least she told Mordo the truth but I feel like she only did that because she knew that he would forgive her immediately yeah but that's just because I don't want to give her any credit <laughs> so that's unfair um the mole thing really was ridiculous where she was like, <laughs> the have mole you test. noticed my mole and he's like no and she's like wow you don't love me the thing is, I so I've seen that 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 mole scene. This is probably my third time seeing that, just because like <laughs> watching watching the first se- like the first part, of the first six episodes once, and then again right before watching the last four when they came out. Now this is the third time through. Um, I completely missed the first two times that Ismet pointed out the mole initially. Uh, I just literally thought she was like, "Hey, more to check out my boob mole." Like <laughs> so weird, Rochelle. Why are you doing that right now? <laughs> it made a little bit more sense to me now. It still doesn't overall. I think it's stupid, but like it came out of literally nowhere the first two times I watched this. And I was like, this girl's weird. She's like obsessed with her body. I mean, I'm still, I still saw it as her like trying to sexually insinuate herself on Mordo, like kind of like awaken some sexual feelings. Yeah, totally. So like she's just trying to see like if if she, a spark can happen and it just can't because he just wants to he just wants to be like a nice husband, not yeah. like not like, you know, uh I don't know, Mr. Mr. Libido over not there with Mr. Peachy. Yeah, not Mr. Peachy. <laughs> okay, so we talked about Russia, we talked about Orhan, we talked about Chedebi. Who, who's Arik? Sadim? Matilda? Oh, we hate Sadim. Well, yeah, Sadim's a brat. <laughs> Sadim's a brat. Honestly, like, he needs to get over himself. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, I was so surprised that Chenevi didn't tell these, like, people that, the, like, he, he didn't tell Russia, like, your mother sucks or whatever. Yeah. I know. And like, did he have Haji not come by? Yeah, I think he prevented Haji from going and then he, with the intention of telling Rashad. And then, like, he couldn't bring himself to do it because I guess the part of him that is still, like, in love with her, like, doesn't, the part of, well, the entirety of him is obsessed with her, but the part of that that is some, in my opinion, it's not true love, but it's like something that he equates Stalker to love. Yeah. 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 He doesn't want to, like, hurt her or make her like that unhappy with him so he decides so against he is it. in love with her after all well he thinks he is i think it's totally compulsive like i don't think it's like true i don't think it's like a true love or like kind obsessive of yeah right? totally totally like that kind of thing where you're like 
watching this person from afar yeah like that's why he like doesn't fire her even though she's insulin all the time um because like he wants to always have a, keep an eye on her because mm-hmm. he's creepy makes sense i don't know i feel like not that much happened except that Rashid is going to israel which honestly i wasn't expecting because like she's the main character what's going to happen next season or next four episodes um although i'm happy for her like i feel like they're probably going to be much happier in israel the two of them and a baby yeah i think it's by far the best decision she could make even though they probably have a very loveless marriage but that's another problem well he loves her (laughs) and uh (laughs) she's also there she's awesome i mean i feel like loveless marriages are quite common (laughs) so yeah especially in those days i mean if they can like be nice to each other right if they can get to mutual respect yeah then that's i think they i think they do respect each other although russia's like a brat but like i think she can get there oh well although As I mentioned last episode, I think Netflix did some spoiling for me because I saw some images of like pregnant Rachel. So yeah, I think that's why I don't think she's going to stay in Israel, but we shall see. Mm. I wonder how long it took in those days to get from Istanbul to Israel. Not that, I mean, if it's a steamship, it's pretty close. I would think like maybe within a day or so you would get there. Hmm. That's really fast. Maybe a couple days. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I'm going to Google it. I'm very curious. (laughs) Yeah. Google 1950s steamship voyage from steamship knots per per minute. It's only a 22 hour drive. That's pretty short. That is short. That is really short. On the boat, you have to go a little more around because, like, Israel is more east, mm. so you have have to actually like go, like, in a in a C shape. Mm. It would make more sense to leave from like Antalya or Mersin, mm-hmm. but it's probably really really far to travel from Istanbul there in the first place. It's a thousand a hundred thirty-four oh nautical miles. If your speed is ten knots, I don't know how reasonable that is. It will take you four point seven days at sea. Thank you, ports.com. Well, also, is it like they would get to Jaffa first or something, right? Yeah, this is yeah, this is to Haifa. Right. From Istanbul to Haifa. But let's see, steamship knots. Per hour? Are Jaffa and Haifa the same thing? Yes, I think so. It's spelled with a J, but I think it's an H sound. Ooh, 22 knots. We can go up. (laughs) Only two days at sea for Rachel and Mordo. Well, let's see. So some (laughs) Jews went on a boat from Palestine. Well, they attempted to flee to Palestine, so they left from Romania. Oh, no. This is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) God. Basically, the ship sank. Classic. Oh, my God. Yes. 
it was shot down. How did we get here, guys? Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we really digressed. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> okay. Okay. One. Why is Ismet still calling her Icel? That's bizarre. Like, yeah. stop it. Yeah, super weird. Um, two, Rochelle being like, it's all your fault, Matilda, and then leaving without so much as a hug was really rude. Well, especially since they had mended their relationship so much. Yeah. And she's been living there rent-free. Like, that deserves a hug. I mean, she's an orphan. She could be at the orphanage. (laughs) (sighs) Where she would also be rent-free. It's true. How old is she? Is she still 16? Yeah, something like that. 16, 17. God, that's so young. Yeah. Um, do we have anything else for the gossip section? Hmm. I liked Selim's jacket for his performance, his blazer. It was nice. I can't remember it, but yes. <laughs> it's interesting that they decided to structure the show in this way. Hmm. Like they really made a very tidy ending. Yeah. Like it's not like a cliffhanger. That's true. Yeah. Um, they could have, I mean, if they somehow like Brand got canceled midway through, which probably wouldn't have happened with so, so few episodes, they could, it could have just ended. Um, but not really because we don't know the whole Chedebu story. So, you know, we don't know yeah. why. We have no idea still why, why the obsession to this degree. Right. Right. But it's, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's 50% satisfying, I would mm-hmm. say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now we're going to move on into our history section, where we are discussing the Barefoot Contessa. Um, <laughs> okay, this is a little bit farcical, but bear with us. Um, they mentioned it as a movie that they could go to, and I at least had no idea that the Barefoot Contessa was a Me movie, either. and Same. not just the chef Ina Garten. So we're all learning here. Um, well, her name is Ina. Uh huh. I always thought it was Ina. I think it's Ina. I, it's Ina. That's I mean that's how they say it here slash that's how she says so it. Weird. But I can do a little bit about the movie because it is so wild. And um, spoilers for the 1954 film, The Barefoot Contessa. Uh, you should probably skip ahead like five minutes if you <laughs> don't know it's, what happens and want to watch It's on your movie. list, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, about the life and loves of fictional Spanish sex symbol Maria Vargas. It stars Humphrey Bogart, Ava Gardner, and Edmund O'Brien. And it focuses on social positioning and high-powered politics within the world of film and high society. Um, And I'm just going to read you guys the synopsis because it is so insane. Okay. A down-on-his-luck, washed-up movie director and writer Harry Dawes is reduced to working for abusive, emotionally stunted business tycoon Kirk Edwards, who has decided that he wants to produce a film to boost his monumental ego. Looking for a glamorous leading lady, they go to a Madrid nightclub and see a dancer named Maria Vargas, about whom Kirk has already been told. Maria is a blithe but proud spirit who likes to go barefoot and has a troubled home life. 
Maria immediately likes Harry, whose work she knows, but takes an instant dislike to Kirk. Although she flees during their meeting, Harry tracks her down to her family home and convinces her to fly away with them to the United States to make her first film. Cannot imagine the accent work that's going on here. Thanks to his expertise and the help of her sweaty, insincere publicist, Oscar Muldoon, her film debut is a sensation. With the, the, film- sweaty, the sweaty manager helps her. her yeah, publicist. he did great. Wow, he did, he did great. great. Uh, with subsequent films by this team, Maria becomes a respected actress. Harry's career is resurrected and they become friends. Wow. But it doesn't end there. During a party at Maria's house, Kirk and wealthy Latin American playboy Alberto oh, Romano. Man. How much you want to bet this man was so white and Anglo? So, so white. <laughs> uh, become involved in an argument over Maria. Alberto had conspicuously admired Maria during the evening. When Alberto invites her to join him on his yacht in the Riviera, Kirk orders her to stay away from him. Offended by Kirk's attempting domineering, she accepts Alberto's invitation. Also seeing an opportunity, Oscar, sweaty guy, tired of (laughs) Kirk's lackey, switches his allegiance to Alberto. Maria is now a great star, but she is not satisfied. She envies the happiness that her friend Harry has found with his wife, Jerry. Harry and Jerry, Jerry. okay. Alberto is too frivolous and shallow for her. One evening at a casino while Alberto is gambling, Maria takes some of his chips and cashes them, throwing the money to her gypsy lover from a window. Oh my God. Where does it's that worse come from? And worse. What? <laughs> when Alberto goes on a losing streak, he berates Maria in public for ruining his luck. Subsequently, he receives a slap in the face from Count Vincenzo something something, who escorts Maria from the casino. Maria stays with Vincenzo and his widowed sister, Eleonora, at the Count's Palazzo. Is, she, is that how she becomes the Contessa? I think so. Oh, wow. She has found the great love of her life, <laughs> and they wed in a lavish ceremony in which Harry gives away the bride. But there is a problem. The Count and his sister are the last of the Torlato Favrinis. Without offspring, the noble line will die out. The Count has a secret. Due to a war injury, he is impotent. He does oh. not tell Maria about this until their wedding night. Are you sensing some troubles ahead? Because they're coming. Yeah, if you, night- if you tell me he wears <laughs> shoes too, like I know, I know it's <laughs> over for them. On a rainy night, months later, with Harry in Italy, an unhappy Maria arrives at his hotel room, pregnant. telling him about her husband's <laughs> impotence, but confessing that she is pregnant. She believes Vincenzo will want the child in order to perpetuate the family lineage. Harry warns her that Vincenzo is too proud to accept this, but Uh-oh. Maria feels otherwise and plans to tell him about her pregnancy that night. Wait, After... does, is it from Harry? Like, whose baby is this? No, it's or not Harry's that... baby. It's just Oh, random, it's coming. Oh, she was sleeping around. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> After Maria. Maria leaves his hotel room, Harry notices Vincenzo's cars trailing hers and follows them. Back at oh, the Palazzo no. in the servants' quarters, Vincenzo shoots to death both Maria and her lover before she can tell him about the child. Harry arrives just as the shots are fired. He does not tell Vincenzo about the pregnancy. <laughs> oh. The story ends as it began with flashbacks to her funeral. Afterwards, Vincenzo is taken away by the police. Wow. So somehow <laughs> in the 50s, someone opened up a little grocery store in east hampton called yeah. 
the barefoot contessa because it was of like, this great story right, of happiness right. and not yes. tragedy <laughs> like they were like my groceries would be great in a store named after this insane movie that store was like falling on hard times or whatever Ina Garten who worked for like the White House budget office or some some like bureaucratic job was like sure buys it doesn't change the name as as of 2006 has not seen the movie so maybe she has by 2022 (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and then she herself becomes the barefoot contessa because the name of the store is just so iconic and all these famous people in the Hamptons start visiting it because she it's just published like this, a cookbook that was called in, Barefoot yeah. Contessa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, and then she has like she has a great daytime drinking, day drinking um video with Seth Myers that I would highly recommend to everyone. She keeps it together. Seth does not. <laughs> <laughs> really disturbed that she kept that as the name of her store because well, she doesn't know anything about the movie yeah, still she never saw the movie <laughs> a, and then hey you know what it's, it's bigger it's bigger than the movie like none of us knew about the movie but we know about Ina Garten true. um so true but cool. that movie is horrible and it's <laughs> grand yeah people in the know. olden days really loved their depressing shit yeah like I thought the movie was going to end when she met the handsome count guy who became the love of her life, but no, it went on. Well, but he wasn't the love of her life because she had another lover. Yeah. Well, he was impotent and clearly that didn't, couldn't do for her. section which is what the fuck sultan of success and fatma's hit list i'm gonna say russia and first sultan of success even though her life kind of sucks but like i feel like she made some good choices yeah i agree i we uh mentioned this last time i think but the trope of uh like get my baby a daddy or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. she did that so yeah she did and she's moving to israel where no one will know who she is what her mom did anything like that so seems great life seems like very bright for her yes i didn't have any what the fucks did you um i mean honestly how are haji and this thin mustache dude siblings Yeah, that is a little bit what the fuck. <laughs> um, also, why did they do it so that Selim like sees Chelebi beating the guy up? Like, how unnecessary. And like, I feel like even that moment, like Matilda felt bad for Chelebi because he know, was like doing sucks. it all. I don't want to be made yeah. to feel bad for him. But I still feel like that's what. That's but yeah, Selim was really a bully in this episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, the power got to his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's literally been famous for like a month. Like, I don't know how long, but like... <laughs> I down, guess dude. it must be a long time. Yeah. Also, like, I don't think you need to do much to sit him to really get his ego to blow all the way mm. up because he came in very egotistical, like, yeah. you know, de- making demands even before anyone knew anything about him, so... Yeah, true. Uh, what about the hit list? 
Wait, but also like we didn't talk about this, but like why would Tasula agree to take because Tasula is a good person. She is a good person. And she's like, she should not be friends with Rochelle. Rochelle also, deserve her. Also, she's like, she knows that Ismet sucks from firsthand experience. So she's like, you know what? Like, you wronged me, but like, Peachy Ismet is the really real bad guy here. So, in solidarity, <laughs> in sisterhood, we're going together because um, you shouldn't be alone. Also, you're not going to tell your mom about this, probably. So, <laughs> yeah. it needs to be me. So, yeah, she's like Sammy said, just a good person. Also, did, did she tell Peachy Ismet that she's leaving or she just left? I think she did tell. I mean, she's like repeated a few times that they're getting married with Mordo. I don't, I feel like she did though. I feel like she said the Israel thing. Yeah, I, yeah, she did, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. And he was like, I sell, don't leave me. And she was like, bitch, that's not my name. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> she I hope that's how Peter went. Okay, Fatima's hit list. Orhan? no come no, on i feel bad for him yeah he's doing his best oh, i don't know selim would be my vote yeah selim yeah. for being a bully and a yeah. brat. yeah i like don't see like what are his redeeming qualities like other than sometimes like being nice to matilda like even when he's nice to her it's still like because she's serving him yeah yeah, he's it's pretty like egotistical, I think. Yeah. He's just like there for her affection, but yeah. like so, yeah. as like a surrogate mother kind of thing. Right. But he don't give a fuck about her life. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, congratulations to our Sultan of Success, Matilda, for her promotion and for getting her daughter out of here. That I added that part. Um, Wait, isn't isn't Rochelle also the Sultan of Success? Oh, sorry, it's Rochelle. I had Matilda uh, written down from last time. You're like, I don't care who <laughs> you guys say. No, no, it's a democracy. Um, okay, congratulations to Rochelle. <laughs> for getting her baby a daddy, for moving to a new country, and for hopefully starting a whole new chapter, happier chapter of her life. Uh, watch out to Selim. This is a surprise pick this week, but you were a real bully and a brat and very selfish. So we hope that Fatima gets you to reform your ways. Um, through, through punishment. Through, through punishment, punishment with household <laughs> items. Um, <laughs> We next time we'll be talking about episode seven, which is the first episode of the second part of the series. So I'm excited to see the time jump and what happens and where we are with all the characters. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.